0: Hey guys, welcome back to the GrantMet Podcast, episode number 72, and in this episode, we're gonna be discussing respect. Everybody, no matter where you live, where you're from, or how old you may be, has experienced what it feels like to be respected and what it feels like to be disrespected. You see it every day. When you walk into a restaurant, when you walk into a job interview, maybe you have a meeting set up that's extremely important that could change your business forever how do these people treat you how do they greet you do they smile when they're talking to you what's their body language like do they dismiss what you say or do they want to hear everything that you have to offer all of these things impact respect and I experienced this obviously as a young age you know we all felt this in high school and growing up in grade school and university and all those different things but I felt it more than ever you know, me I'm born and raised in Houston, Texas. So I'm trained to be a Southern gentleman. I'm very polite. I would grew up saying, you know, yes sir, yes ma'am. I would say, please, thank you. I was always very polite. And when I went to play college football, first in Long Beach, California, but then I ended up taking another opportunity in Brooklyn, New York, I was around a completely different culture and environment where me saying, thank you so much, I appreciate it. I hope you have a great day. When you're in the hustle and bustle of New York City, these people were looking at me crazy. They're like, man, what does this guy want from me? Who the hell is this guy? Oh, this guy must must not be from here. So me as someone that was born and raised in Texas, who was used to being polite, where actually having manners and being very cordial and respectful right at the front end when you're meeting someone, actually created respect. I was suddenly in an environment where me doing that caused me to be disrespected. This was so confusing and it threw me for a curveball, and it made me had to figure out how do I learn respect? How do I learn the art of respect? How do I learn how to get credibility from people who aren't like me, who are different, and may not know anything about me? And so I dove deep into this, and I experienced it from the highest level of finance, money, and entrepreneurship, to getting a job out of nowhere, to the roughest parts of places all across the United States that I've been around and people I've been extremely close with, I've got to experience this and really understand what it takes to earn respect. And if you master this, it will change your career, your business, and your relationships and finances forever. But you have to know the right things, okay? So three things that you can do I'm going to break down in detail. I'm going to tell a quick story and go into um, some more information about how you guys can add this to your life, to your arsenal and to change everything. So number one, the simplest and quickest way to gain more respect at your job, in your relationships, with your friendships and partnerships and things that you do in your life is to simply do what you say you're going to do. There is a shortage of people all across the world. Everyone talks a big game, but there's a shortage of people who actually stick to their word. If you say you're going to start this business and hit this target, and you go out and call your shot, everyone will know that every time you say something related to business, you are not playing. Joe Namath, who was a starting quarterback for the New York Jets, famously called his shot and said, we're going to go win the Super Bowl. They called him Broadway Joe. He ended up being one of the most famous athletes ever. You couldn't go anywhere without seeing him in a commercial or a billboard. And why was he so famous? Not only, yes, did he win a Super Bowl for New York, but he called his shot and he followed through. Think about how many people have said that they're going to win a Super Bowl before. But the starting quarterback of the Jets in the biggest market in the United States called his shot and backed it up. That earns you instant respect. This starts with small things and we disregard it. For example, hey Grant, look forward to seeing you tomorrow at one o'clock for the meeting. Next thing you know, you're 10 minutes late. Oh, sorry, something happened. Say, hey, we're gonna meet for dinner. We're gonna meet with these clients. All said, hey, sorry, I got backed up in traffic. These subtle things teach people that you don't keep your promises. That when you say something, they don't know if you're gonna deliver. They don't know if you're actually going to be there for them. Now, this doesn't mean that problems don't happen. This doesn't mean that mistakes don't happen. But if you can become a person, not only of course of integrity, but just simply keeping your word, it creates an aura of power and respect around you. Because when, yes, we've only met five times and had five different meetings, but every time, whatever the expectation that we set prior was met, you were on time, you were prepared, you delivered on everything that we talked about. And then suddenly you say something that's extremely audacious. And the only experience I have with you is those five experiences where you did exactly what you said that you said that you're gonna do. How can we not believe you? How can we not assume that you're gonna do what you said you were going to do? Because that's all we know of. And that's why it's important. You have to teach the world how to treat you, how to interact with you, and how to respect you. And if you don't teach them, they will make their own decisions. And this is why it's so important to have standards, non-negotiables and expectations. And when you have these things, but you actually follow through on them, everything changes. Okay, number two, have a backbone. How many people know that they shouldn't tolerate that? They shouldn't have gone through that experience. They shouldn't have tolerated getting disrespected by their boss. They're in a relationship that was toxic and the person wasn't treating them right, yet they continually put up with that nonsense. Yet they're mad that they don't have the life that they want. I always used to tell myself this as an early manager and an early entrepreneur when I had to fire people, when I had to impose standards, when I had to make difficult decisions that made me feel uncomfortable. I always told myself this simple question. If you can't handle doing this small thing Why should you be able to handle anything bigger? If I can't handle firing one person or having one difficult conversation, why do I deserve anything better? If you look at your own lives, you're typically only one to three difficult conversations away from changing your entire business and your entire future. There's a ripple effect of having the uncomfortable conversations and doing the things that you know you need to do. But this is the key. The people who actually respect themselves, truly respect themselves and have a backbone are the the only ones that actually impose these views. They're the only ones that actually impose these standards. Look at all of the great coaches, athletes and business people. Are they difficult to deal with? Absolutely. Does Elon Musk have high standards? Of course. Did Nick Saban with Alabama have high standards? Absolutely but they stuck to those standards so much so that it even caused, caused rifts in relationships and having to fire and let go and do all these different things. But it also caused them to create greatness and bring the best out of their team and all the people around them. Why? They had a backbone. It's not supposed to feel comfortable and it's not supposed to feel great all the time to make difficult decisions and to stand up for yourself. But if you don't stand up for yourself, then who the hell will? The world, think about it, everything is based on perception. Power lies where people perceive that it lies. That person may not be the best, but if the world perceives them as the best, then they are. Perception is reality, and it starts with little things. Okay, number three, what you tolerate. This is so important, I'm gonna give you a simple tool and and how to do this and how obvious you can start imposing this into your life. I want you guys to write down and assess what are the current situations that you deal with right now. How do people treat you? What do you experience and what are you having at work right now? What is the income? How do people treat you? All these different things. And I want you to think, what are you currently tolerating in your life that is affecting your business, your relationships, and your life? Let me an example. When I first became a regional sales manager, I was at a sales company and I was very young, and I'll go into detail about how I earned their respect, but I wanted to start increasing the productivity and the success of the team. I first assessed and I looked at, okay, I've become an extremely successful rep, I became a top performer, and all these other reps, some of them are successful and others aren't. The first thing that I noticed that was as simple as could be was, Really talented people are always on time, they always have their camera on, and they're always taking notes and actively involved in training. We primarily, about three times a week, we did Zoom trainings where we'd practice situations that the sales reps were facing you know, in the field. We'd go over sales training, psychology, all these different things. And then the other two days, we're in office. The problem was it was regular for people to be 10 minutes late, 20 minutes late, three minutes late. Or jump on Zoom and their camera was off. Or they were moving around and you'd ask them a question and they'd wait 30 seconds to unpause themselves because they weren't even paying attention. So I said, you know what? Like, I know what it takes to be successful. I'm not tolerating that. So when I became a manager, I said, look, these are the numbers that I'm doing and here's why I'm doing it. I am no better than anybody else. But one of the things I want is a non-negotiable in this team is absolute professionalism and focus while we're here. If you guys need off, tell me, and I will, no, no questions asked, let you be off. But I wanna make sure, number one, we are always on time and to prepare for that meeting. For example, in Houston, there's traffic every single day. Every single day in Houston. So if you plan ahead of time, you'll always make it there beforehand. I use the sports thing. If you're not 15 minutes early, you're late. If you're on time, you're late. So you wanna make sure that you do those things. The next thing I did is that if you're on my team, which will be the best, and you're on Zoom, you have your camera on, you're ready to go, and you're ready to make and take notes at any moment. Which means if you need to do something, like you need to take your kid to school, you need to go to the doctor, you gotta multitask and handle an escalated issue, go do that issue and take a half day, or take an off day. but. There's no point of being on this training that's making you better if you can't actually focus. I would rather them go allocate that time somewhere elsewhere in their operation to make sure they're successful. But if they're gonna be on training, they're focused and they're ready to go. Four years has passed and I have never experienced someone showing up late, not having their camera on, because that is the expectation. If they need to do something else, they can take off whenever they want. Anybody in my companies can take off. They just have to let us know at least a day in advance. So if you're here. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at That's olly.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You're focused. And what did that do? It created a culture of focus, discipline, and execution. Because that, that was what all the best people were doing. So because I didn't tolerate that, I stopped getting those people. And if I had someone that would do that, we'd communicate with them, we'd talk to them, we'd reset expectations. And if that was something they weren't willing to do, then they're not gonna be willing to call 100 people or to push past resistance or to find a way to be a top six-figure or seven-figure sales rep. So we started filtering out the wrong people and keeping a culture of high-performing, successful people. That only happened because I respected our operation and myself and the standards that I set for my team, right? Now, early on, I mentioned this when I became a young manager, I get asked this question all the time because when I became this young manager, I was 22 years old. When I ended up starting Mick Group, young company that I self-funded, no investors, no partners, I was only 24 years old. So how was a 24, 22 year old going to actually manage and lead people who were all older than him? I had to earn their respect. So I wanted to be creative about this because I realized I didn't have 20 years of experience. I didn't have the look of, okay, he's been here before. Of course, this guy's my boss, I'm gonna listen to him. I wanted to earn the respect from these guys. So what I did is in my first three months as a manager, I would actually go to the field every single day with all of my reps. I would actually walk into appointments with three and four sales reps. It would look like we're like a big family walking in. So the people are like, what the heck? I was like, hey, these guys are new. They just want to like listen in. Do you mind if they're here? If not, I'll just make them stand out in the car. And they're like, no, 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 they can come on in. And I was like, okay, cool. And they would get to see how hard I worked, how I handled objections. And they would see me close deal after deal after deal. And I remember leaving an appointment. At this point, I was just absolutely crushing it. And this rep that I had on my team, I loved him. He's an awesome guy. He worked his tail off. He did fantastic. But he was struggling at the time. He was probably 20 years older than me. He was in his mid to late 40s, old enough to probably be my dad. And I remember he was always kind and respectful, but you could still see he was kind of figuring me out. He wanted to see, you know, does he know what he's doing? I don't know. He's young. After we ran those first two appointments and he got to experience closing a deal, I remember walking out of the house and he said, Grant, whatever you tell me to do, I'm doing it. You tell me to jump, I'm gonna say how high. I'm trying to close like you. I'm trying to make money like you're doing. You're like, you got my respect. And after that experience, I was like, wow. And I never acted like a boss. I never told him what to do. Instead, I was on the front lines with him, earning everything that we did and showing people, look, this is the way to be successful. And when people get to experience that firsthand, why would they not follow you? You have to have courage to gain respect from people. And if you don't have courage, you don't take the risk that you know you need to take. You don't push past lines of resistance and you don't do the things that we all know we need to do. Think about. Any time that you need advice, think about who we typically go to—one of your best friends, one of your closest confidants, maybe your mom, maybe your dad, someone that you work with that you trust. But what are you looking for when you're getting advice? It's usually the answer that you already have in your head. You're trying to affirm something that you already feel. So it's important that you know is that we all have the answers to most of the problems that we can all face. We deep down know what we need to do. We know that we should go to the gym five times a week. We know that we need to wake up an hour early. We know we need to stop staying up so late. We know we need to double our call volume. We know that, yeah, if you want that dream job, you're gonna need to apply to 100 different jobs every single day and email all different types of people to even get that opportunity. But we don't do it. We just come up with an excuse well, you know, it's the economy and, you know, I think this and, you know, well, I didn't go to these places, you know, they don't hire people like me and we come up with whatever excuse that we can wrap our minds around. It's important to realize that if you don't think big and you don't have the courage and the audacious just uh, motive to say, you know what, like I deserve more, you're going to get the leftovers and you're going to deal with what everyone else chooses to give you. The only thing that changes this is self-esteem and self-respect. Okay, now how do you start having these things? Number one, recognizing that there is an actual problem and understanding your downside. When I was starting my company, and this was something that gave me so much peace because the dumbest thing you can ever do and the riskiest thing that you can ever do in life is start a business. It is literally has the lowest success rate out of almost anything. Even companies that make it, only 86% of those businesses break even or lose money. So only 14% of companies actually turn a profit. And statistically, actually W2 employees make more than business owners. Why? Because it's so risky. And so when I saved up everything that I could to start my company, I had so much risk We're in the middle of COVID starting, so there was so much uncertainty there. What I did to make myself jump is I said, what is the worst case scenario? Because I can't lead in fear. I can't coach a sales rep or an employee or someone if I'm afraid to lose them, if I'm afraid to say the wrong thing, if I'm afraid that if we do this, we're gonna lose the business or not be successful. A leader can never be scared. I don't care if you're at your wits end, you can never show hesitancy and weakness. And so the way that I gave myself peace is I understood my downside. I said, what is the worst case scenario? I said, okay, well, I lose it all, this happens, I would live here, I would do this, I would get this job, and then I'd do this and this and this. And I was like, can I live with that? I thought to myself, I said, I can't, I'm okay with that. I said, well, what about if this happened and this happened, what would I do? And I thought through it and I asked myself, am I okay with that? The answer was yes. Same thing if you're in a bad toxic relationship and you feel like they're the person, you like them so much. But deep down, I want you to think of the downside. If they disappeared off planet Earth and they never existed, would you still be okay? Would you likely be able to meet someone that's better and that likes you even more? Yes. If you have a friend group that you know is not the right group, you're around people that don't like you, that don't support you. And if you stop hanging out with them and you stand up for yourself, you may be lonely for two to three months. But what is the worst thing that is going to happen? Is two to three months of loneliness worth 50 years of happiness and incredible relationships and friendships and going to a completely different level in your life because you stood up for yourself and you had a non-negotiable? trading three months for 20 years is a no-brainer to me. But when all we can think about is the fear of that three months of loneliness, it makes it very difficult. You have to understand the downside. So when you stand up for yourself, when you go get that other job, when you ask for that promotion, when you ask for that pay raise, when you command respect when you enter the room, when you carry yourself with an aura and a presence of confidence that, not that you don't and you're not neglecting anybody else, but you just aren't attached to anybody's feelings towards you because you believe in yourself, everything changes. Because now you respect yourself. And when you respect yourself, that's when other people start giving you that same respect that you give you. Okay? So I want you to leave you with this last part because this is kind of how to measure this true, this true respect in the way that people treat you. Okay? What do people say about you when you aren't around? Can you find this out? I used to ask myself this as as a leader in a company. What does that person that works at my company tell his girlfriend or someone's spouse or family member about the company that they work for and what do they tell them about myself? Your words matter. How do I make that person feel? Because every day we're making people feel certain things, whether we want them to feel that way or not, good and bad. What do they say about you? And then the next question to ask yourself is how do people who don't know you treat you? How do they treat you? When, when's the last time you've been to a nice restaurant? How did they cater to you? How did they act towards you? How was the service? Did they say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am? I had this experience. I had a regional sales manager that worked for me for about three years. And when he came into the organization, at that point, he'd never really made more than fifty-five, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 in a year. And he ended up becoming a successful sales rep and becoming a really, really successful regional sales manager managing about 15 to 20 people. And the first thing that I told him, I said, look, I want you to start acting like the job that you want meaning you wanna become a regional sales manager, you wanna be the boss, you wanna be a high earner, you wanna make six figures, I want you to start dressing like that person. I want you to go, even if you gotta to go to Ross, you go somewhere to get discount clothes, like figure it out, save up all your paychecks, figure it out, and I want you to go get a nice suit or a blazer, nice dress shirt, pay a hundred bucks to get it tailored, and look fit, look sharp, and every time you're out and about, even if you're just grabbing lunch, even if it's just fast food or you're grabbing a quick bite, I want you to every day dress like the income that you make. And when you walk into a restaurant, whether it's Chick-fil-A or it's a five-star restaurant, when you go to a meeting, when you meet with reps, I want you to dress like a person that is of high caliber and high respect. Two weeks later, he goes, Grant, you would not believe it. Everywhere I go, everyone calls me boss. I'm checking out. They say, thanks, boss. Hope you have a good day. I'm walking into the restaurant. They go, hey, boss, how you doing? They'll give me the best table. They'll have the manager come out and say hello. He's like, I've never experienced this before because he was already an extremely sharp person. But these people didn't know him. They just know how they perceived him. And we go, well, this isn't fair. You know, the world shouldn't be like this. Well, yeah, I mean, we can both cry about it together, but it doesn't distracted from the point that that's the truth. People are lazy when it comes to perception. So we have to be, if you are trying to improve your life, meet the right people, we need to be conscious about the way that we're coming across to the world because you have a brand. This now, for this specific person, wearing a suit and wearing a blazer benefited them. For you, you may be a content creator, you may be in nursing, you may be a doctor, You may be someone that is more lifestyle and wears street style clothes. Whatever it is, I just want you to ask this simple question. What is your brand and how do you want to present yourself to the world so they treat you how you want to be treated? Because we teach the world how to treat us. If you go back and watch a lot of the documentaries of the most successful people, They were all saying and talking like they were gonna do the things that they did. The reason why all of these great things happened to them is because that was their expectation and belief in themselves. Because they believed so much in themselves and stuck to their self-respect and their non-negotiables, they didn't waste time with things that did not serve them, with people that weren't meant to be in their lives. They let them go quickly. And if you cannot tell people no, you will continually deal with the wrong circumstances. So wherever you are, whatever stage of success that you're at, we can all make these small changes. And what I want you to do is right after this, take notes and just think for 20 minutes, alone in your car, in your room, wherever, and just think about how are people treating you right now and how do you want them to. And what changes are you going to make? Because no one knows your life. I can give you all the advice in the world, but no one knows you like you. No one knows how that person treated you earlier today, an hour ago, when you were grabbing lunch or when you were meeting your friends for dinner or when you were leaving the office. You know that. Which means you know the changes you need to make to earn that respect. So I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast. As always, you guys can find me on all my social media channels at Grant Um, If you guys have me on Spotify, make sure to follow there, Um, subscribe on my YouTube channel and be on the lookout for even more content. So excited for everything that we have coming. I I told you guys earlier in the year, if you guys follow me, that my goal is to have 52 podcasts this year and up to 20 guests. So I'm going to deliver on my promise and do everything I can to uh, serve you guys and help you out as best as possible. But other than that, I hope you guys an incredible week and I'll see you guys again for episode 73. Thanks guys.